The Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Hey, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on, tons to get to, tons to talk about. Last hour was really something. Uh, if you didn't see the news report from a local reporter here in San Antonio, who could easily be national, but I think Jay likes it here, and that's why he stays here. Uh, Jay Avila put together a report from News 4 SA about CRT certainly being taught uh, in schools here in San Antonio. So, I mean, if it's happening here, it's happening elsewhere. And and just the trickery and the sleight of hand and the non-transparency and not telling parents about it, it just makes me sick. And then you hear the school's response, yeah, we're going to stop doing it. I mean, it was good, and people complimented us, and people loved it. But I guess we'll stop doing it because I guess it isn't age-appropriate. Just the way they handled it, I think, I think was ridiculous. I'm glad we could put a national stamp on it. And uh, hopefully you'll go and check it out. It's on my Rumble. I actually had a lady call me, or not call me, but email me, and say, I'd like to find that story. I'd like to watch Jay's story. And I sent her to the Rumble, and she said, I can never find your stuff on Rumble. If you just give me a, you'll put it on Facebook or something. <laughs> well, no, I don't, put them on, I don't put them on Facebook, because Facebook, first of all, deletes my stuff, and it doesn't spread it around. But I, but Carrie, I literally, I'm not being mean here, but I literally sent her a link that all you have to do is click on it, you see the story. Yeah. Seems pretty easy, right? It's not like you click the link, go to Rumble, look for me, try to look me up, look at my ancestry, and then, no, no, you just click that link, you don't even see me, you just see Jay, and you see the parents, and you see the story. So go and do that. If you want to see the story as well, just uh, stop by my website, click on the Rumble link, you can go to my Rumble stories, or send me an email. I have no problem filling you in on that. We're going to get into Ukraine this hour. I've got uh, what I think is the quintessential interview with Ted Cruz this hour. And the reason I say that carries twofold. Number one, I'm me. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, what am, what am I going to say? You know what I mean? Yeah, what am I going to say? Exactly. I did an interview. It kind of sucked. Other people have done better time. interviews. No, 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 no. Yeah. I'm me, so I think it was a pretty good interview. But uh-huh. uh, secondly, uh, my editor even uh, texted me. She said, this is so simple and direct and easy to understand. Thank you for doing it like this. So I hope that everybody will stick around for that at the bottom of the hour because we really do get into all of it. And are there bio labs in Ukraine like a guy called in about yesterday? It turns out this administration says there are. What are we doing about it? I asked Ted Cruz about that as well. And could Biden have headed off or averted this war in Ukraine by doing something? And Cruz says, yes, he could have. We'll get into it on a Wednesday. That's right. That is Carrie Luck. You can't see her today, but we hear the chocolate voice. How you doing? How you say it like that? What? But you sound chocolatey. Nobody was like, wow, she's so under the weather. Very velvety and chocolatey. And that's uh, that's Polo. And they've done the new logo behind it. It's looking good. Sam put that together. Sam, how you doing? Why is the new logo behind you? We need, to get, we need to get that behind you. I have to fix that. And I've got to put it behind me at some point as well. Appreciate you hanging out on a Wednesday. Glad to have you along for the ride. There is a lot going on. We'll get to that interview with Ted Cruz. You know, I saw this story last night on the Keystone XL Pipeline that I know that you're going to have it for us in a minute because I do want the latest on Ukraine right here if you don't mind. But I saw that story and it just got me thinking. And I did a, I know that's hard to believe, but I did a TikTok on it. It got like 170,000 views um, because it's just common sense. If we just didn't stop the Keystone XL pipeline, the picture on the globe would be different today. All we had to do is not stop when we stopped. 
And actually, Saki saying, Jen Saki is just a liar. Her saying that um, the Keystone XL pipeline doesn't affect the, the barrels of oil a day and that wouldn't have done anything. It's a lie uh, as per that story that you'll have in a minute. But, but if you don't mind, just give me the nuts and bolts on what we know about the latest in Ukraine uh, with Russia still on the attack. From CNN, the city council of the southern Ukrainian city of Mariupol has posted video of a devastated children's and maternity hospital in the city and accused Russian forces of dropping several bombs on it from the air. The destruction is enormous. The building of the medical facility where the children were treated recently is completely destroyed. Information on casualties is being clarified, the council said. A maternity hospital in the city center, a children's ward, and Department of Internal Medicine, all these were destroyed during the Russian airstrike of just now, said the head of the Donetsk Regional Administration. A region police said that according to preliminary information, at least 17 people were injured, mothers and staff as a result of the Russian attack. Information on victims is being clarified, the police said. A Ukrainian President Zelensky condemned the airstrike on the hospital, saying, quote, a direct strike of Russian troops at the maternity hospital. People, children are under the wreckage atrocity. How much longer will the world be an accomplice ignoring terror, Zelensky said on his Telegram account. Uh, the president again directed his anger at NATO for refusing to declare a no-fly zone over Ukraine, saying, close the sky right now, stop the killings, you have power, but you seem to be losing humanity. It's kind of interesting because, and you know, I've mentioned this a few times, of course Russia is in Ukraine. I don't know why. Um, I don't accept the blanket reason he wants to reform the Soviet Union. And I said that I watched a, a piece of video last night. Sam, did we reach out to that professor that I asked you guys to reach out to? Yes. Okay. Hopefully he'll come on. I don't know if he's still as active as he was. This is from 2015. There was a video with some guy from, I think, University of Chicago. And he's an expert on that part of the world. And his explanation, because if you remember, Kerry, in 2008, Russia um, invaded Georgia. Uh-huh. And that happened with George W. Bush about to leave office and Barack Obama about to come in. And I remember Obama going, yeah, they better knock it off. This isn't okay. That was okay. Um, and then in 14, he just took back Crimea. Eh, I'm just going to take it. And, you know, what did Obama say? Uh, you know, yeah, you better stop it. That's it. That's all he said. And, and they just took it. And it's never going to go back. And Putin just two or three weeks ago said, if you try to take Crimea back, it's never going to happen. Let me tell you this. It's never happening. So he's just piecemeal taking what he wants. But this professor, and again, I hope to have him on either this week or next, outlined what the real struggle is. And I said this in about 20 seconds today on Newsmax. The real struggle is Ukraine, if you look at the map of Europe, Russia is Eastern Europe. Ukraine, they want it to be Eastern Europe. Then you've got you know places like the United Kingdom and you know, Germany and France that we're calling Western Europe. And Ukraine is almost the dividing line. It's a big geographic country. It's not as big as Russia, obviously, but other than Russia, it's like the biggest country in the region. And we want, according to this professor, and again, we'll get in-depth with this guy later, but we want it to be a Western-style democracy. We want it to be more like France and Germany and England and, and Italy. I mean, those aren't really like our democracy, but they're closer than Russia is. And Russia wants it to be a Russian-style democracy. And I remember famously about 20 years ago, Putin's being interviewed by somebody on CBS uh, 60 Minutes. And he says, uh, the 60 Minutes says, well, why don't you want democracy there? And he says, well, 
just because it's not your kind of democracy doesn't mean it's not democracy. So he's trying to redefine the word even 20 years ago. So he wants it to be more like them. We want Ukraine to be more like us. And it's almost a tug of war. That's really what's going on. I mean, they've already achieved what they wanted to achieve, um, you know, next door in Belarus. Belarus is basically just a puppet government for Vladimir Putin. It's called a separate country, Belarus, but it's really not. I mean, it is, but it's not. So you've got Belarus, which is more like Russia. You've got Poland, which is right there on the border of Ukraine, which is more like us. You've got, if you look at the region, that's the centerpiece. That's the prize. And what's interesting is, and I saw this on Tucker last night, there's Lindsey Graham several years ago talking about how uh, this fight is, uh, your fight is our fight, we're going to fight Russia too. It's almost as if they want a war with Russia. I don't think Russia wants a war with us. It would be a lot of dead Russians. And we don't want a, a war with Russia because we sent troops over to their region. They're, they're not going to come here. We'd blow them out of the water or out of the sky. It would be a lot of death, a lot of blood on both sides. There's no reason for that. And some idiot would press the button and then just annihilate the, uh, all of civilization. So nobody wants that on either side. And I, I truly don't think they want another Cold War with us either. They just don't want Ukraine to become a Western-style democracy. Because then they lose power. Right now, their pipelines go through Ukraine. There's a lot of influence Russia has on Ukraine. And the reason, I think the reason why, and again, this expert will disabuse me of what I'm saying, if what I'm saying is wrong, and hopefully we'll have a month soon. Um, But I believe that all we had to say was, yes, Ukraine's in NATO. Now Russia's got a decision to make. Do I attack Ukraine with NATO protections? That means I'm attacking the United States and England and Poland down the list. Do I really want to make that move? Or we should have said, we're absolutely not going to put Ukraine in, in NATO. And then I don't, think, I don't think Putin will attack either. Both would have been a trigger. But instead, we're like, eh, I don't know, maybe. You know what I mean, Carrie? I mean, that's kind of how, how indifferent we've been, depending on who the administration is, about whether Ukraine would be in NATO. We haven't been yes or no. We've been like, eh, you know, could be. <laughs> what is that? So Russia says, let me take a chance. Let me go in there and just start blowing stuff up. Let me go in there and let me grab this part of eastern Russia, which is ethnically Russian. Let me go to Kiev or Kiev, whatever we're saying today. And, um, and, and, and let, me, let me take control of whatever these labs are. Maybe let me, let me take control of whatever this nuclear facility is. And, and let me just see what the world does. And the world does not an awful lot. Now, the Ukrainians are tougher than the Russians thought, and they're doing it with our weapons, obviously. But nobody's gone in there and started blowing Russian tanks up from outside of Ukraine. And I think Putin wanted to see if we would. It's all, it's all very, very interesting from 30,000 feet up. On the ground level, we're getting stories like what you just read. What was it, a women's hospital that was blown up? Yeah, maternity hospital, yeah. You know, what, what are we talking about here? It's horrible. That is a horrible story, which paints him in an even worse light. And, and I think what's surprising to me, and I'm not suggesting that Vladimir Putin's a normal person with normal sensibilities and logic or rationale or reasoning. But why hasn't he found a camera and a microphone since he started bombing and said, look, we didn't bomb a maternity to war or we're not, we're not targeting civilians or our goal is this. Have you seen him say that? What exactly it is that he wants? Uh, I have not, no. It's not asking much, is it, as a human being? What exactly is it? That your goal is here. If your goal is to take it and make it part of Russia, say that, and then we'll respond accordingly. If your role is, if your goal is not to take it, just to get rid of this president that you don't like, 
Tell us that. Then we'll take appropriate action. Or if, if you're just testing out your machinery and you're going to leave tomorrow, let us know. But he's not telling us anything. I mean, normally, like, like Germany said, as disgusting as it was, we want to take over this entire swath of land. In fact, we'll join forces with you, Russia, until a time where I think I can kill you too, then I'll try to kill you, which is how we sort of became aligned with Russia back in the day. Or align with us, Italy, but we'll take you over too. And then Italy said, oh, crap, we really probably should just switch sides. I mean, we, we knew that he wanted domination of all of Europe. All of it. We knew that the emperor in Japan wanted domination of all of Asia. All of it. Including Hawaii. Which they considered, you know, something that we shouldn't have had. So I just want to know what the reasoning is. And I use sports metaphors even though I don't watch any sports anymore. But if I'm watching a baseball game and somebody doesn't explain to me what the rules are and I've never seen it before, I'm not going to be able to figure it out for a long time. But if you tell me up front, okay, here's the goal. You get as many runs, those are points, as you can. And and when somebody hits that little white ball with that stick, they get to run around the bases this way. Now I understand. Now I decide, okay, I know what their goal is to have more of that more numbers of those runs than the other guys. I can watch this, I can, I can, you know, make a decision about how I feel about it. I just don't know what they're doing. And either our country knows and our leadership knows they aren't telling us, or they don't know, which is interesting. Uh, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Before we hit the break, Carrie, if you don't mind, because I talk about this story with Cruz at the bottom of the hour. Give me the Keystone XL um, um, story because people in this country have been lied to about what effect it would or wouldn't have. From Bloomberg, TC Energy Corps' Keystone XL crude pipeline could be built by the first quarter of next year if the Biden administration were to reverse its decision to cancel the project. Construction of the controversial pipeline, which would have raised Canada's oil sands export capacity to the U.S. by almost 900,000 barrels a day, had already begun when the project was scrapped last year by U.S. Alberta Premier Jason Kenney said during a news conference, U.S. President Joe Biden canceled a key permit for Keystone XL on his first day in office citing environmental concerns. We could turn this around in less than a year, Kenny said on Monday. Kenny's comments come as crude prices surged almost $140 a barrel after the U.S. said it was looking at a potential ban on Russian oil imports. Keystone XL has been controversial since it was proposed more than a decade ago because it would allow production to grow in carbon-intensive oil sands. Now, the U.S. government has been reaching out to major oil producers, including Venezuela, which is under sanctions, to find replacements for Russian oil after that country's invasion of Ukraine. It's also been working to restore a nuclear pact with Iran that would allow that country's oil to return to the market. Now, the U.S. would be better off turning to its northern neighbor for crude than seeking out dictator oil, Kenny said. Okay, so we have the story that the guy from Alberta says that if you started the Keystone XL again today, which is March of 2022, it would be ready first quarter next year. So it would be ready in January, February, or March next year, 2023. So if, I, if I've got my math right, if we went back to when Biden took office, January 20th, 2021, and he doesn't shut off the, the construction of the Keystone XL, it would have been done by fourth quarter last year or by this quarter this year. If, if he's, what he's saying is true, what I just said makes sense, right, Kerry, time-wise? Yes, it does, yep. The Keystone XL, according to that story, brings can bring between mm-hmm. 800 and 900,000 barrels a day. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, okay, we're getting between six and 700,000 barrels a day from Russia. 
And now we'll have to replace that with Venezuelan oil or with, uh, with oil from Iran, for God's sakes. We could be getting it from our northern friend. We can still do it. But every day when Jen Psaki's asked about this, she lies and says that the Keystone XL would have no effect. Do I have it right? You do. Yep. Okay. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Don't miss that interview with Ted Cruz about 10, 11 minutes from now. You're not going to want to miss it. We really do spell out exactly what's going on over there in Ukraine with Russia. Keep it here. Coming back. You're listening to Joe Pags. Glad to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. There's a ton going on. Don't miss that interview with Ted Cruz at the bottom of the hour. Big time stuff. You're going to get a lot of information out of it. So do not miss that. I appreciate you hanging out. It's uh, it's an interview that, again, we very simply just state what's going on. What uh, Biden could have done, what he should do now, and how this thing ends. We talk about all of that. All right, let me remind you, the clock is ticking. Congress has to reach, uh, reach a deal to raise the, the debt ceiling. I know that there's some omnibus bill on the, on the docket now, which is another crazy bill that doesn't make any sense. The government, if it runs out of money, it just raises the debt limit. Yeah, we'll just go and grab some more money or borrow some more money. If you reach your debt limit, your debt ceiling, you can't do that. Buried in bills and trying to keep up with all the credit cards and loans, internet loans, timeshares, get off the treadmill, get some total financial freedom. If you owe more than $10,000, the team at Total Financial Freedom has been doing a great job for 15 years helping people like you resolve their debts and cut payments in half. Don't believe me? Give them a call. 800-833-9444. Call now and ask about the free book of The Debt Dietitian. Mention me and get the free book when you call and learn how easy it is to cut your payments. Again, Give them a call right now. They're going to appreciate your call. You're going to appreciate them with an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau. Zero complaints. Call Total Financial right now at 800-833-9444. Mention my name, Joe Pags, and get that free book. 800-833-9444. Make that happen. Make it happen right now. We go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be Tim in Minnesota. Tim, talk to me. Um. Thanks. Good day. I used to do the uh, radio show Energy Matters in the oil and gas industry, and the price of oil is typically uh, set on the last million barrels. If the world needs 92 million barrels and you're producing 93, the price goes down. But if you need 92 million and there's only 90, the bidding wars happens for those last two million to make sure that the refineries stay busy because they have quotas. It's very similar to the meat industry. If they need a million pounds and only 900,000 comes up, the price goes up because these guys are fighting for what's out there. So that's, that's we've got a shortage because they can't make up for it right now. And, and real quickly, with Ted Cruz coming on with Senator Cruz, under his uh, watch, the uh, largest refinery in the United States out of Golden Spur was sold to the Saudis while he was a U.S. senator. I, I think it would be interesting to ask him why he allowed that to happen because the Saudis bring in between 600 to 800,000 barrels a day into their own refinery. So the, the oil industry in the United States, even though it's a U.S. industry, is kind of messy. We, um, uh, the interviews are, are done before the show, generally speaking, so I won't be able to ask him about your question specifically. Not sure how it was under his watch, how he could have specifically stopped it, but I do know that he's the guy that said stop Nord Stream 2 and that, uh, that Donald Trump agreed with him, and they stopped Nord Stream 2 through sanctions. Biden, of course, has let them restart it. 
and didn't do anything about it. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Ted Cruz, when we come back, stay here. Joe Pags. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this guy back. He is my senator. He's uh, one of the two senators here for the great state of Texas, Ted Cruz. Ted, how are you? Good to see you. Pags, I'm doing terrific. Great to be back with you. Yeah, it's always a pleasure to talk to you because I really love how smart you are when it comes to who's going to be running things in this government. I don't know that we'll have time this time, but Ted, you've got to promise me you'll come back to talk about the nominees by the Biden administration for courts especially the Supreme Court and uh, yeah. the, the idea that you can blow out the idea of EEOC and, and how we do things in this country and just say, if you're this gender and if you're this race, you're in yeah. the running. Otherwise, you're not. I mean, we've got to do that at some point. But Ukraine, obviously, is grabbing all of our attention. And the lies that we're getting out of the administration when it comes to energy, I want to get to those too. But Ted, could we have averted Russia going into Ukraine? Is there something Biden and this administration could have done to stop Putin from saying, I better go in now? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, We are facing the most significant war in Europe since 1945, since the end of World War II. And and this is the direct result of two specific political mistakes Joe Biden made. Number one was last summer, the disastrous withdrawal in Afghanistan, the the catastrophic surrender to the Taliban. And, And every enemy of America, from Russia to China to Iran to North Korea, they looked to Washington and they took the measure of the man in the Oval Office. And, and unfortunately, they determined that Joe Biden was weak and feckless and ineffective. And I said at the time, I said the chances of Russia invading, invading Ukraine have just risen tenfold. And the chances of China invading Taiwan have risen tenfold as well. But the second mistake they made was very specific to Russia and Ukraine, which is it, it's worth noting, look, Putin didn't wake up yesterday and decide he wanted to invade Ukraine. He's wanted to invade Ukraine for decades. He longs to reassemble the old Soviet Union. And in fact, he did invade Ukraine previously. In 2014, the Russian army invaded Ukraine and invaded Crimea, which is the southern part of Ukraine. But he stopped. He didn't invade the entire country. Why did he stop? The reason he stopped is that Russia's major source of revenue is selling oil and selling natural gas. And the natural gas pipelines run right through the middle of Ukraine. And if he invaded Ukraine, he risked damaging or destroying those pipelines, which would mean he couldn't get his gas to Europe. The next year in 2015, Putin began building a pipeline that was called Nord Stream 2. It's an undersea pipeline that runs directly from Russia to Germany. It skips Ukraine altogether. And the reason he wanted to build it is as soon as it went online, He could invade Ukraine and not worry about getting his gas to market. Well, by 2019, most of Washington recognized Nord Stream 2 was really bad, but they were saying there's nothing that can be done about it. I drafted sanctions directed to stopping Nord Stream 2, and I got overwhelming bipartisan support for my sanctions legislation, passed it through the House, passed it through the Senate. President Trump signed my sanctions legislation into law, And PAGS, Putin stopped building Nord Stream 2 literally the day President Trump signed my sanctions legislation. 
U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. No, I want want to stop you there because that's all. There's so much more going on. There are a lot of tentacles to that, and I love everything that you just said. You're 100 percent correct. Obviously, when President Trump said no more to Nord Stream two at your behest. When he said that, that that got uh, Putin shaking in his boots. And then Trump goes to the EU, looks them in the eye, and says, you think I'm going to protect you from this guy, who you're buying oil from, who you're buying gas mm-hmm. from? So you buy it from us, we'll keep protecting you. Plus, you add it to, to how much you're, you're donating into, uh, into NATO. Yep. America is not going to be your babysitter as you pay off the bad guy that you want us to protect you from. And then Rick Perry, who we both know very well, goes over mm-hmm. there and makes a deal for LNG from Texas, from the United yep. States. Liquefied natural gas by the EU is being bought from Russia. They said, no, you want us to protect yep. you, you buy it from us. Those things worked, Ted. Why did we stop? Why did Nord Stream 2 get back up and running? Why is he now feeding the entirety of Western, uh, of Western Europe with oil and gas again when they were supposed to be getting it from us? What changed? Well, what changed is Joe Biden became president. Biden was sworn in on January 20th, 2021. Putin resumed deep sea construction of Nord Stream 2. Four days later, four days after Biden had his hand on the Bible, Putin began building the pipeline again. A few months later, Biden formally waived the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, gave the green light for the pipeline, and with that, gave the green light for the invasion. This weekend, I had a video conference call with President Zelensky, the president of Ukraine. He told all 100 senators on that call, he said that if the Biden administration had imposed the sanctions on Nord Stream 2, Putin would not have invaded Ukraine. The reason they invaded is because Biden was so weak that that he unilaterally surrendered to Russia, and that caused the invasion and the war in Europe that we're seeing right now. Make sure you go to, t- it's tedcruz.com, right? Not .org? It's a dot dot .org. Okay, it is .org. I'll change that on the, yeah. on the lower. Uh, tedcruz.org, go there, tedcruz.org, and support this man. So if I'm understanding in a very general layman sense, what Putin does is he waits for any sort of sign of unease or weakness yes. in America. He invaded Georgia knowing that, that George W. Bush was, was a lame duck. He was leaving. Yep. And Obama was on vacation, looked annoyed, had to come out and say, hey, you stop it. And then when, when Obama became the president and, and Putin started flexing his muscles again, Obama literally, when he was asked by the media, what are you going to do about Russia? He said, I'm going to look him in the face and I'm going to tell him to stop it, which of course did nothing. So is that, <laughs> does Putin just sit back and say, let me see when there's a weak link because Trump dropped a bunch of bombs on Syria and annihilated ISIS and in fact Putin probably helped in getting rid of ISIS Putin was afraid of Trump she was afraid of Trump Iran was North Korea was they wanted to get along with the guy because they knew that he was going to take action if he said he was going to do it he was going to do it I mean but they all know Joe Biden they knew going in this guy was who he is and I'm guessing as you said Afghanistan and that debacle showed them this guy can't get anything done right. What's he going to do to us? And frankly, Teddy's done nothing since uh, Russia has invaded. Okay, so we've talked about how we could have stopped the invasion. What can Biden do now to stop the killing? Women and children are dying in their yep. country for no reason other than they feel like it. So there are two things that we should be doing. Number one, we should be providing Ukraine with offensive military equipment so they can fight to defend Ukraine. We shouldn't send American soldiers to do that. Nobody wants to see American troops in combat with Russian troops. That's a recipe for disaster. But the Ukrainians are heroically fighting to defend their homeland, and and they desperately need more Stinger missiles, more Javelins. They They need fighter jets, and we ought to be providing them to enable the Ukrainians to fight off the Russians and defend their homeland. That's number one. 
Number two, we ought to be using energy affirmatively as a weapon. That means doing what the Biden administration was dragged, kicking and screaming to do uh, yesterday, which is boycotting Russian oil and gas. But more importantly, and this is where where you started just a minute ago, we ought to be getting Europe to cut off Russian oil and gas. And the way to do that is replace it with American oil and natural gas. We ought to stop the Biden war on energy, ramp up our production. There are six applications pending with the Biden administration right now to export liquid natural gas. All six of them are trapped in a quagmire. Biden should approve all of them today, and we should unleash American productivity. And you want to weaken Putin. The best way to do so is go after the money. If Putin sees, if Russia sees his European customers signing long-term contracts with American producers and other producers that aren't Russia, Nothing will weaken Putin more, cause the KGB remnants, cause the oligarchs to turn on him more and starve Putin's ability to fund this war, like taking away his revenue from oil and gas. TedCruz.org is the website. TedCruz.org is Republican Senator Ted Cruz, great state of Texas. You know, as I'm watching what you say and listening to what you say, I agree with you. I've been saying it on my show. Most Americans have been saying it left and right. They don't care. We, do, yep. we would much rather rely on Canadian or American oil than sure. rely on, on Russian or Venezuelan or Iranian oil. Having said that, when Saki is asked about this, her answer is, we need to stop our reliance on foreign oil and oil completely, fossil fuels completely, and start going more green and look for other resources. Ted, is this the time to talk about going by an EV, like Pete Buttigieg keeps saying? Is this the time right now to say, hey, good news, Russia's invading Ukraine, let's all start using windmills in our backyards? Does that make any sense? You know, unfortunately, today's Democratic Party, they are rich, out-of-touch elitists. So they're like, go buy an electric car because, you know, let them eat cake. They don't understand that a lot of working men and women are struggling. The Biden inflation is skyrocketing. Their policies have been a disaster. And and, and their solution is disconnected from reality. There is a reason that gasoline prices have skyrocketed. You know, Biden just yesterday blamed the high gasoline prices. He says, I can't do anything about it. It's Russia. Joe, that is a flat out lie. Yeah. The reason gasoline prices have skyrocketed is because Putin or not Putin, Biden has waged war on American production. The first day in office, Biden halted the Keystone pipeline. He froze new leases on, on federal lands, both onshore and offshore. He, he stopped development of Anwar, a very small portion of Alaska with vast petroleum reserves. He unleashed the fe- federal regulatory regime like locusts on U.S. providers. And we saw the rig count plummet. We saw U.S. production drop. By 2019, under President Trump and a Republican Congress, America became energy independent. We were a net energy exporter, the largest producer of oil and gas in the world. Last year, in 2021, Joe Biden lost that. We're no longer energy independent. We're a net energy importer because Biden is crushing U.S. energy production. And at the same time, he's begging Iran and Venezuela, dictators who hate us, to produce more oil because he'd rather the Ayatollah make billions than actually produce jobs in America 
with low-cost, abundant energy. It's Senator Ted Cruz, Republican, great state of Texas, tedcruz.org. Go to that website right now. Ted, he lied yesterday. When he got on television, yep. he lied. He said that I didn't do anything to change the production. But, but let's pretend that's true. He did nothing other than stop the Keystone XL pipeline. Out of Alberta province in, in uh, Canada just yesterday, this was in Yahoo Finance or something, um, the, the premier there said, we could restart the Keystone XL pipeline and have it up and running by first quarter next year. Now, Ted, I'm not as smart as I look. I get it. But if I go back... <laughs> and we never stopped the production of the Keystone XL pipeline, it would be operational today, Ted Cruz. Today we would have yes. eight to yes. 900,000 barrels coming in to the, to the Gulf Coast in Houston. We'd be refining that dirty crude, and we would have all the oil and gas we need, and I wouldn't be paying 4 bucks a gallon here, and they wouldn't be paying $8 a gallon in Los Angeles. So maybe I'm missing something, but if they just wouldn't have stopped that pipeline, Russia doesn't benefit right now by the globe needing their its oil. We would have that reserve. Am I missing something, Ted? It would be ready today, wouldn't it? Yeah, you're exactly right. And you look at last year, we imported roughly 742,000 barrels a day right. from Russia. The Keystone Pipeline would, would, would transport about 800,000 barrels a day from Canada. So more oil, it would directly replace that Russian oil, but it's coming from Canada, our friend and neighbor, rather than a dictatorial tyrant who's waging war in Europe. It, it would be unquestionably good. But, but these zealots in the White House, they literally, last week, Biden sent Biden administration officials to Venezuela to grovel in front of Nicolas Maduro because he'd rather fund the enemies of America than jobs in the United States. And one thing that, that Texans understand, but, but the media refuses, the, the corporate media refuses to report on, Biden says he does this because he cares about the environment. Let's assume you cared nothing about jobs. Let's assume you cared nothing about inflation. The only thing you cared about was the environment. Mother Earth was the only issue you voted on. On that criterion alone, the Biden administration is an abysmal failure. Because what happens when you shut down the Keystone Pipeline? It's not like the Canadians leave the oil in the tar sands. They put it on trucks or trains and they bring it south to America. Or they put it on ships and they bring it west to China. Both of those pollute more, emit more carbon, and have a much higher risk of spills. So the environment is worse. Not only that, when you shut down U.S. production, when you shut down production in Texas, which is environmentally sound and, 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 and works to protect the environment, when you shift production like Joe Biden has done to the Middle East, to Russia, to our enemies overseas, they produce oil and gas much, much dirtier, more pollution, more CO2. So the environmental legacy of the Biden administration's radical anti-American energy policies is more pollution, more CO2. It's an absolute disaster, even if the only thing you cared about was the environment. Everything you just said is provably true. It's uh, Senator Ted Cruz, Republican, great state of Texas, tedcruz.org. Two last things. Number one, there was a bomb dropped figuratively in, in uh, Congress the other day by this administration saying there are bio labs in Ukraine. Yeah. Ted, what do we know about biolabs there? And is there a possibility that Putin is targeting them? So, so we don't know a whole lot of detail. We had Victoria Nuland, who is the Undersecretary of State, testify before the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, on which I sit. Uh, and she said there were U.S. government biolabs in Ukraine, and she expressed concern about them. I've got very real concern. At this point, the administration has not informed Congress what those biolabs were studying. Well, what, what materials are there, what information is there. Wow. Um, obviously, if that falls into the hands of the Russians, we, we don't know what the Russians would gain. Uh, I can tell you my national security advisor, my staff, 
is investigating that question right now because it's highly concerning and and the Biden administration is is tight-lipped and and doesn't want to tell Congress anything. We're back to Obama years when there was no transparency at all. Last question for Ted Cruz. How do you see this conflict ending? I know we're not going to have American troops there. Ukraine's not NATO, so we can't act like they're NATO. uh, NATO doesn't want to do a no-fly zone. Do we just wait and let Putin do anything he wants until he leaves? How does this end? Well, it, it ends a couple of ways. Uh, the way that, that Putin thinks it ends is that he conquers Ukraine and then likely negotiates a retreat and installs a puppet government that works for him, much like he has in Belarus, right. where he controls it. That's how he wants it to end. I will say the ferocity with which the Ukrainians are fighting, I think, has surprised Putin. It has not gone nearly as well as he hoped or expected. The Biden administration, unfortunately, I, I think is resigned to failure. I think they, they, they don't believe there's any way Ukraine can win. Their whole approach is to manage defeat, manage decline and surrender to Putin. It's what got us in this mess. and It's where they are now. I think the right answer is provide offensive military equipment so that Ukraine can defend itself yeah. and unleash energy so that you take away Putin's revenue stream. That's the best chance of defeating Russia. That should be our objective. But sadly, neither Joe Biden nor anyone in his administration believes that's remotely possible. So right now, they're not even trying to do that. It seems to be simple and correct. It's Ted Cruz, a senator, great state of Texas, a Republican from right here. He's, he's my guy in my state. Uh, go to tedcruz.org, tedcruz.org. Ted, I appreciate you. Come back often and give us updates as you get them, okay? Definitely. All, all, always a pleasure, Joe. Appreciate you, brother. We're back after this. Stay right here. Joe Pags. Hi, great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It is the Joe Pag Show. We do not have time for any calls on this. But what I wanted to do with that interview, and I hope that I hope this really came through, and some of you only caught part of it. It's about a 16 and a half minute interview. I wanted to sit down with uh, a U.S. senator who knew something about the allegations about these biocenters or biofacilities because he's on that committee where this woman showed up yesterday and said, okay, uh, we do have these there. It's like out of the blues. He like dropped a bomb on him. It was weird. Um, so that's has, as much as he knows about that. He also knows why this war started, how we could get out of this, how we could start providing our own oil and energy again. And uh, I wanted to do it in the, very, in the most simplistic way. Not because I think you're simple. I mean, Carrie is, but not everybody is simple. Uh, no, no. I was, I was talking, I, to the, talking to the listeners, if you yeah, don't mind. Just wanted to wrap that. this up if we could. Uh, appreciate you. Whatsoever. We'll Thank see what happens next hour with that song. But I uh, wanted to make sure it was simple, it was direct, it wasn't complicated. It was Because right now, you've got so much of the news media talking over your head when it comes to Ukraine and what's going on. We want to get direct answers. Hopefully, you got something out of that. We'll post it on Rumble right after the program. Make sure you stop by JoePags.com. Click on the Rumble link. Also, sign up for all the social media that's there. Send me an email if you'd like. And we're back after this. This is the Joe Pags Show.